Welcome to episode five of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson. I'm the other half, Austin Smith. And we are here to wrap up our game against the Tennessee Vols last Saturday. And we're finally here, um, arguably the biggest week of the season, one that we've been waiting for all season, one that we were looking forward to all off season. Um, Saturday, it's finally time for the big matchup in Tuscaloosa against the Crimson Tide. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, but I'm looking forward to the matchup. Yeah, well, I mean, this, these are the type of games that define your season and are measuring stick for your program. And, uh, I mean, really so far we've, we've played some good teams, but this will be the actual measuring stick. This will be the measuring stick for our entire team. This will be a measuring stick for our defense. Uh, and – it's exciting. I think it's going to be a cool atmosphere, even though it's you know not going to be a packed out stadium. You know, college game day is going to be there, and eight o'clock on CBS. Yeah, two versus three, and this uh, not only the game of our season and the game of Alabama season so far, but probably the game of college football's uh, young season. Yeah, I'm excited to see if we can finally uh, get the monkey off of our back. Definitely, uh, since Kirby's been the head coach at Georgia, he's tackled every obstacle that's been in his way um, he's gotten as close as we can possibly get we just haven't been able to get past Alabama they've been in our way in 2018 we all know what happened in the national championship um, the 2019 season when Jalen Hurts came in two times in a row we've been so so close we just couldn't finish when we needed to finish um, let's hope for our sake and our just hearts and our nerves that we can maybe right the ship this Saturday. Because, dear Lord knows, I do not want to see that stat come across the screen again and change to zero and twenty. Uh, Saban is uh, twenty-two and zero versus his former assistants. I'm just, I just want it to become one and twenty-one, or or them just never show the stat again. It's yeah. it it sucks. Every he seems like he has so many assistants. It sucks every single game. It's like another assistant can't beat Saban and it would just it'd be awesome if Kirby was the first one to do it yeah I think Kirby's the one that's best set up to do it um, and honestly I think we can both agree no backup quarterbacks uh, this <laughs> week two games in a row Tua comes in in the natty Jalen comes in to replace Tua in the SEC championship so let's just let their starter finish out this time <laughs> yeah. that's who we're preparing for let's not have any surprises um, I guess the trick would be to let them play the starter play good enough to where the second string doesn't come in, but not quite so good. Yeah. <laughs> not quite so good that they're winning the game. But before we get to Alabama, uh, we all we had a game last Saturday. We Another dominant defensive outing. Um, started off sluggish, but still overall really, really pleased with how the dogs looked on Saturday against Tennessee. I think the score being 44-21, to 21, I think it was – Honestly, a little bit more spread than that. I think we could have beaten them by more. I don't. That 24 or one points that they've got was kind of misleading. Obviously, you have the bad snap, the second play of the game that they scored the touchdown on, and then they have the two jump balls. Um, they never really had any materialized drives against no, our defense. Not. They had two big yeah. plays and a mistake by the offense that they were able to capitalize on. So. Well, I wasn't even. You know, typically I'm a pessimistic kind of fan, but I was not nervous at halftime whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, like you said, first seven points, 
that was the only that was the only point in time when I was nervous in the game is because those are the kind of things that can uh, start momentum, and I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be one of those days. But once they came out for their very ne- next drive, and I think it was just a quick three and out, it was like, okay, yeah, this is back to what I'm used to uh, with Guantanamo. And uh, just like you said, first seven points there. And then the next uh, touchdown, just a good pass, good catch. Can't take anything away from that, but it was a short field. And then the next drive, we had them stopped. George Pickens commits an awful penalty, extends that drive, was also a short field. Mm-hmm. So – it was 21 points, like you said, but it's just uh, it's somewhat misleading. And then we shut them out there in the second half. Yeah. Had three turnovers there in the second half. Uh, yeah. So. Completely just another just dominant outing from our defense. And we touched on it when we previewed the game last Saturday or last Wednesday night. We All week we were hearing this Tennessee's O-line, Tennessee's O-line, five stars all the way across the board, Wanya Morris, Cade Mays, Trey Smith, I mean, that's all we heard about all week. This is the best offensive line in the country. They're going to be able to run the ball. It's best against best. The TVA, I even saw it getting thrown around on Twitter that apparently they have a moniker for their their offensive line. They're called the TVA. Uh, They weren't the TVA on Saturday. Negative one rushing yards for the game. That is absolutely absurd to see our defense hold a SEC opponent, let alone a team who, I mean, let's face it, the, the Vols do have a good offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I was about to say, we don't have to take, <laughs> like, let's hope they do have one of the best <laughs> offensive lines in the country, and that's just a testament to how good our D-line is. Not that it's like, oh, well, their offensive line was overrated. No, let's hope it was, is that good, and our defensive line is just that good that it's a testament to how much they outperformed them. Yeah, completely dominant. Monty Rice flying around, just making play after play in the Tennessee backfield. Malik Herring throwing guys around. Devontae Wyatt getting penetration. It's a testament to just the type of team defense that Georgia plays. I was loving every second. I think the longest Tennessee run that they may have had was maybe eight yards. I mean, maybe. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's good at all three levels. I mean, we've touched on it in previous weeks. D-line is fantastic. Anybody who they bring in. Linebackers. Like I think we have the best group of linebackers in the, in the entire country, and then we got two studs outside who can lock guys down, and also ball hawks. I mean, yeah. Eric Stokes had an interception. Tyson Campbell is holding down his side of the field. Agreed. And yeah. then I mean, just there's not a weak position on that on that side of the ball. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it was a I saw a stat today um, that was really telling to me about another as, aspect of our defense that's really taking a step up this year. Last year, all we heard about was havoc. We wanted to wreak havoc. We wanted to create negative plays on defense. Um, it's something we struggled with on defense last year. No matter, Even though we had a top five defense last year, we didn't have a whole lot of tackles for loss. This year, it's completely different, and you have to put a lot of it on the play of Aziz Ojolari. That's my dude. He is not no one in the SEC that he's gone up against. Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas. Nobody on any of those teams have been able to block him. So far this year, 12 tackles, six quarterback hurries, five tackles for loss already, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. I mean, that's all American stats. Well, then, I mean, just the eyeball test. He is the guy who, I mean, it's not like everybody else is going to make plays, but he's the guy who jumps out to you the most when you're watching the game uh, on our defense. He's just making play after play, and even when he's not, 
you know, making actual numbers. You see him hurrying the quarterback, mm-hmm. like and just. I feel like he is the number one guy that the offense is keying in on. Yeah, so. and a lot of that you have. To, I mean, he's the one making the plays, but you also have to give credit to other guys on the field. Uh, Devon, like I said, Devontae Wyatt and Jalen Carter getting pressure up the middle. Um, well, Jalen Carter scoring touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows the key to a good edge rusher is the good middle rush, so the quarterback can't step up. They have to fade out and get sacks. Adam Anderson having a breakout year on pass rushing. He's just he had one play on Saturday where he just went completely by Cade Mays. Cade didn't even put a hand on him. I mean, it's it's this aspect of our defense, which is what I've made. We had a great defense last year, but having the increased pass rush and productivity from that group is what I feel like has taken our defense to just completely astronomical level. Yeah, this guys year. got older. I mean, I'm sure more comfortable in the scheme. I mean, we touched, we talked about it this week. This is probably not. I mean, it's definitely the best defense that Kirby's had at Georgia. Mm-hmm. This looks like some of his historical defenses at Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think you had had the stats pulled up for, like, their 2012 season. Yeah. So, the, the 2012 Alabama defense, which is pretty consensusly regarded as the best defense they had. They had NFL guys littered all over the field. I think all 11 of them were NFL starters at some point. Um, that Alabama defense gave up an average of 76.4 yards on the ground a game, so rushing yards per game. Um, so far this year... Georgia has allowed 38.3 yards per game on the ground. Um, Obviously, last week was probably the first time we've really been tested by a team who has a brute offensive line and just is devoted to the run. Yeah, Eric Gray, Ty Chandler came in leading the SEC in rushing before the game started. So um, I think another test coming this week with Alabama, um, they have arguably the best, if not the – arguably if not the best – running back in the country and Najee Harris he tore all Miss apart yeah, five last touchdowns week. last week uh, yeah. so it's going to be a test trying to stop him um, but I think the dogs are up to the task well so. and something like so that's not even telling the whole story about <coughs> how good our defense is I feel like a lot of defenses are either really good at getting takeaways or really good at limiting yards and they're really disciplined I mean so far our defense has been great at both mm-hmm. and that's just I mean some of those Bama defenses that we're referencing, they were the same. They were the same way, but uh, typically you've kind of got an either-or situation going right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and something we haven't touched on a whole lot, other than since the first half of Arkansas, it's really been like you said, it's a well-disciplined defense. It's we we haven't killed ourselves with unnecessary penalties. We haven't had that many pass interference penalties. We aren't rushing. We aren't roughing the passer. We aren't doing things that extend drives. We're getting off the field on third down. We're playing disciplined defense. And, I mean, that's another key to just playing great defense is getting off the field on third down and don't do anything that's going to extend a drive with an unnecessary penalty. George is doing those aspects of defense really well, and that's another reason why I think we have the best defense in the country. Yeah, I mean, and on the other side of the ball, we had a pretty good second half. I yeah. Mean, uh, I mean, in, even the first half wasn't, uh, like, awful. But we really created some momentum there in the second half, especially with our running game, mm-hmm. which I think it's kind of time to say it. I think Kenny is the best running back on our team. Uh-huh. Either, uh, it's, it's not Zeus. I think, I mean, in, 
that doesn't have to mean that Zeus isn't a good running back. It just can mean that Kenny is better. And, you know, this shouldn't be all that surprising Mm -hmm. to us as Georgia fans because you think about some of our other great running backs in years past when Marshall and Gurley came in. Marshall was the more highly touted guy. Mm -hmm. Gurley was the guy who ended up being the premier back. Then you bring Chubb and Sony in, same situation played out. So it wouldn't be all that surprising. It shouldn't be all that surprising to us as Georgia fans if that same thing kind of plays out. Because Zeus, with this, with all the strength that he does have, sometimes seems like he can put his head down and can miss the hole. Whereas Kenny and Ken- and Kendall just seem to consistently get more yards. And you know, you have to ask the question as fan is like, well, is the offensive line just blocking better for them? And I don't think that's the case. I think it's just. They're hitting the holes, and he's probably yeah. not. Like on that on that fourth and one that we missed, mm-hmm. it sure looked like he put his head down, mm-hmm. and that if he hadn't of that there was a hole right there to his right. Yeah, and something that I when I look at the two running backs, when I watch Zeus versus when I watch Kenny, Kenny runs with a style of just reckless abandonment. He's he's hitting a hole at a hundred mile an hour. He's hitting at full speed. Um, Zeus kind of looks tentative to me. He tries to slow play it and allows I mean SEC linebackers are going to run it down Henry Teo Teo is one of the best linebackers in the SEC and he was making plays all over the field on Zeus just because he was able to slow play it and Zeus wasn't decisive in his cuts Um, it's kind of like what Nick Chubb looked like when he came off that major when he came off that major knee injury I don't think he completely trusts himself yet and it I mean it's not something that's crazy to say I mean he tore he's torn two ACLs in the last three years so this is his first time being the feature back since coming back from those um, having watched his recruiting tape and seen glimpses of the type of back that Zamir could be I think he still has a lot of potential um, but I do agree it's time for more Kenny McIntosh touches it's time for more Kendall Milton touches well, yeah listen, listen to this so this past week Zamir had 22 carries for 50 yards, for two point, a 2.3 average, and a mm-hmm. touchdown. I don't remember the last time I see a, uh, saw a Georgia running back with that low of a yard per carry average. It had to have maybe been that Alabama game mm-hmm. our uh, sophomore year where they came and destroyed us. Mm-hmm. Kenny had eight for 45, so five and a half average. And then Kendall had eight for 56 for seven average. And it's like they're getting the same amount of yards Yeah. on like you know one-third of the carries. And – I, I, you have to ask, like, are the linemen just blocking better when they're in? Or, like, you know, is it different situations? Are they running on different types of downs or out of different packages? And it doesn't appear to be that way. Perhaps I'm just missing that. But no. it just seems like there's a little bit more acceleration hitting the hole and a little bit more decisiveness. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's kind of the same conversation we had a few years ago with Nick and Sony. Um, it always seemed like when Sony would come in, um, the line would just block better for him. And and, Sony, and that probably wasn't the case. It, it yeah. probably really was just that, you know. But and I, I, that year, I credit it a lot of the times when Sony would come in, we would go shotgun because yeah. sh- Sony's more the shotgun back. Nick was more the pro- eye formation back. So hey, it may have been the case they were blocking better because we should have been running more out of the gun. But that was a few years ago. We're back on twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see more Kenny McIntosh. Um, hopefully, he's a big part of the game plan. He's obviously. Um, been a big part of the special teams plan. He's number one nationally in kickoff return yards, 43 average our, kickoff return yards. Our special teams just in general. Yeah. Like that, I mean, we got 
a kicker. What was that? Fifty six yards. Yeah, yeah. Hot pod. Hot pod. Yeah. Hot pod. Seth Emerson. Uh, and then Kamarda completely flips the field. Yes. That punt he had there at the, at the beginning of the game when we were deep in our own territory. That was a momentum changer. Mm-hmm. And, then, and like you said, Kenny is just like getting like thirty or forty yards. It seems sometimes on some of his returns. It's crazy how much of a just change that has been for us this year. I mean, we had Rodrigo last year, and that was a strength. But Camarda was inconsistent. Seems yeah. like he's improved on that. And yeah. then I don't recall having you know this good of a return game for mm-hmm. quite some time. Yeah, and watching it back, um, Camarda, he is a weapon. Um, when you have a punter like that that can flip the field, when the game was still in uh, question, as I, I put in quotation marks for those of you that – Obviously can't see this. It was 23-21. to 21. Uh, Tennessee had gotten a stop, and Camarda was punting from the goal line. Booms a 64-yarder in the air that puts Tennessee back on their 25. When you have a guy that can just flip the field like that, it is absolutely amazing for a defense and just a team overall. You always know that you can flip a field and put yourself back in good field position. Um, like you touched on, Podlesny, Hot Pod, Hit a 51-yarder, 47. I think he hit he hit three on Saturday. It's been no drop-off from Rodrigo so far. Obviously, you're you're still scared that Rodrigo is so great. He's the all-time leading scorer at Georgia. Obviously, eventually you have to think there might be a little dip. Obviously, we don't want that. We hope that not. would be ideal. Yeah, we hope not. But the the way he's been playing so far this year is really really inspiring and leads to a lot of confidence in Definitely. our special teams unit. And it's another reason why we've just been playing really well to start the year, scratch the first half of Arkansas. Um, yeah, and I mean, getting back on the offense, it's, it's safe to say, I think, that we have our number two wideout. <laughs> yes. This is three games in a row. It's no fluke. It seems like this is Stetson's dude. Mm-hmm. Curious has some sure hands, and he's, mm-hmm. he's been dominating in every single game. He had another touchdown this game. I think he had four four catches. So another great performance for him. Yeah, I've been telling everybody who will listen, if uh, if teams want to continually double team George Pickens, which rightfully so, George needs he needs to command a double team because I don't think anyone can guard him one on one. If they're gonna double George, I'm 100 percent fine with Kieris going 100 yards a game against the zone defense. He finds holes in zones. He runs good seam routes. He's fast enough to beat guys when they want to play him in man. He obviously beat that Tennessee guy on like a 30-yard pass to set up our one of our touchdowns there in the fourth quarter. I think it set up the Jalen Carter touchdown. When you have a guy emerging like Kieris is, it just adds another element to your offense and just gives – it makes them – it makes defenses not want to load the box against us. When you have guys like George and Kieris outside, which we didn't have last year. We had George, but when you have guys like that, it loosens up the box, allows for more running room, and hopefully allows for Kenny, Zamir, James, whoever's back there at running back, to hopefully eventually pop one. I think we're due for a long run. Yeah, see, I mean, they, they called out that set. I can't remember the exact, but we have not had a, like a 50-yard Run? Did we have any last year? Is that kind of what the stat said? I think they said we haven't, and we had like five or something in the mm-hmm. uh, year that we went to the national championship. Yeah, and I mean, 
part of this also might be due to better scheming. It seemed like, you know, last year the thing that we were constantly uh, clamoring for was more creativity on offense, and I think we're seeing that. Yeah. I mean, that jet sweep that we had with Burton, that that didn't feel like something that no. we, we did at all last year. And then just, you know, the goal line, I know it didn't work, like that typical package that we had. Like I said, I do feel like the hole was there. It just, uh, Zamir didn't get it. And I do, I do have a feeling, though, that they were not wanting to do that uh, the pass to Carter mm-hmm. until the Alabama game. I yeah. feel like they were trying to save that, and then it was nice. finally like, all right, hey, they've stopped us a couple of times. We're just going to have to go ahead and pull this out. It would have been nice to save it, <laughs> yeah. not let anybody know that that's, that was there. But I feel like it's a very obvious, like, that this is there. It's like a little play action, like, out of that. So, I mean, it wouldn't have been that much of a surprise. And, and to go along with the emergence of the offense, I don't know if last year it was by scheme, if it was by – Jake Fromm just not wanting to do this. Look at the percentage of throws that Stetson's making across the middle of the field. He's hitting tight ends in the seam. He hit Trey McKitty a couple times. He's hitting Kyrus Jackson on the middle. He hit Jermaine Burton on a deep cut for about 20 yards in the third quarter. The middle of the field is huge for a passing game. When you have to have... When you have to utilize the middle of the field and make defenses run that cover three style and put a safety in the middle, it's just going to open up more man opportunities for George on the outside. So you have to be able to utilize the middle of the field, and that was something that drove me nuts last year watching Georgia. Every time we would throw the ball, it would be a bubble pass to the outside. (laughs) It would be... Just try to throw it to George deep, which, I mean, it worked out because George is George. Or, I mean, Fromm was good at those those deep outs. Like, yeah. that was kind of his. Well, we would, yeah, we would hit a guy on the sideline. Elite side throw, yeah. But we never used the middle of the field. We didn't. We couldn't scheme it open. We didn't have guys that wanted to go over the middle. It may have been a receiver issue. I mean, we've touched on it. We didn't have the receivers last year that we have this year. Um, the but ones that were there have emerged, and they've developed. And But, I mean, you have to think some of it has to do with it, having a new OC. And, I mean... Honestly, another aspect that's changed last year is the quarterback. I'm not saying that Stetson is as good as Fromm. I do think he's definitely comparable to Fromm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has definitely, though, has a lot more mobility, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that manifest itself. He had that, you know, I'm not a fan of designed runs for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think that limits, or I think that totally defeats the purpose of having a dual threat quarterback. I know you get another blocker, but typically, the whole point of having a dual threat quarterback is to have the dual threat instead of limiting him to only one of those things, I think typically having them drop back and then make the decision on their own. But he has the perfect amount of mobility where I feel like they don't do that many designed runs for him, and then he has that ability to scramble and pick up a first down. And I'd compared it in pre- uh, like previously with kind of like a Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck mobility. I think it's a little bit more than that, and it's, not, it's definitely not the tough running that those guys had. It's more – I mean, it's definitely not elite – but I'm trying to think of the best like comparison with it. I mean, maybe a Josh Allen esque like mobility. Yeah. Um, when I look at Stetson, I just think I'm just happy that he's. It's not a, just a statue back there. When progressions break down and he has to run for a first down, he's mobile enough to get outside the pocket and run for first down. Um, on our second touchdown drive, right before he had the quarterback draw, we had the design bootleg. I mean, it wasn't a design run by any means, but. It was open. Tennessee covered it well, but they lost contain, which Stetson's good enough that if you lose contain on him, he has enough speed that he's going to get to the outside 
and ended up running for about a 15-yard gain on a third and long to get us that first down, which we eventually punched it in. It would be nice for us to move the pocket a little bit more, considering it's high. He had a couple of yeah. passes batted down, and you know he does have that threat of mobility, and mm-hmm. we could take advantage of that by moving the pocket and yeah. help with the high. I agree. I do, I do think good rollouts would be a good way to scheme some guys open, too, because, I mean, you can do some creative stuff on rollout passes, tight ends, dragging, uh, deep posts on the backside. Well, that kind of like perfectly draws in with like Bama. Like, it seemed like that's kind of like what their weakness was this past week in the Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. If you don't care to go ahead and just kind of go into yeah. that, uh, they really struggled when guys were get uh, getting caught in motion. I you know I listened to the Herb Street and Pollock podcast, mm-hmm. and Pollock pointed that out. Just a lot of finger pointing, a lot of confusion. Yeah, they might be doing some stuff that's a little too confusing, especially in a year where there was you know you don't really get on the field as much as years prior, mm-hmm. and. It, it definitely showed, and so it's. A, I mean, we definitely don't have Ole Miss's Mm-mm. offense in any capacity. So I do not see us putting up the amount of points no. that they put. But it'd be nice if we took some things from that game and put them into our own. I feel like sometimes in like last year, I forget who we were playing. It might, it might have been LSU. They did not have a good run defense, and I just did not feel like we ran the ball enough on them early in the game to, to take advantage of that. And then like. We need to get guys going in motion. Of course, I mean, you would think that they're probably going to improve on that and like point out that in the film room and get better at that. But and then we need to, you know, their quarterback has the the threat of running or passing, and like we just said, Stetson has that same ability. Mm-hmm. So we need to take those issues that they like were clearly highlighted in that game and make sure to try to maximize it. Well. I know a lot of times good coaches are like, you know, we need to play our type of game. But I feel like a lot of times you can learn stuff from previous game and try to bring that in, and I hope we do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Watching Alabama's defense so far this year, um, it hasn't been anything to really write home about, um, which is kind of surprising when you think about who Alabama's been, which over the last few years, obviously, they haven't – They've progressed outside the realm of what we think Alabama is. Um, they obviously have been an offensive team the last few years with Tua, um, all those receivers they've had. Yeah, going from Kirby and Pruitt, I mean, we'll do that. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they what they really struggled with to me, which watching the Alabama Ole Miss game on Saturday, they really just struggled at making plays in space. Um, Ole Miss, who we, we know, Lane Kiffin, whatever your opinion is on him, He's a genius. Yeah, he's he, has, an offensive, he is an like, offensive guru. Yeah. He, he's a genius on offense. He knows how to scheme people open. Um, when you have that type of mind, obviously, you're going to score points no matter who you're playing against. But Alabama usually makes the plays in space, and they always stop the run. I, don't, I cannot remember the last time an Alabama team just struggled to stop the run. And when you think of Ole Miss, you think, oh, they're going to throw it all around the yard, which they did. They threw for 380 on Alabama on Saturday night. But Ole Miss ran the ball 57 times for 268 yards on the ground against an Alabama defense, an average of 4.7 yards per game. That's a lot of poor tackling. Yeah. Now, you said it, and I agree with you. Georgia's offense right now is not Ole Miss. But I know one thing. We can run the ball. If we devote, we, if we devote to it, I think we can run the ball. And if Ole Miss could run the ball on them, I think we can run the ball on them too. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I think this year so far, 
we like our running back you just in like reputation it has not manifested it's, like I said you know Zeus had 22 carries for like 50 yards mm-hmm. so it's going to have to be a whole lot better than that I mean another like thing about their defense so Ole Miss had 17 third downs they converted on 9 of them mm-hmm. that's typically a good uh, like a good indicator of how uh, the defense is that you're playing against and yeah. they were you know consistently getting first downs on those opportunities so I just think that's a good sign for us this weekend. Yeah. Everything that I've said about our defense to start the show is typically what you see from Alabama defense. It's been the moniker of Saban. You're going to play disciplined football. You're going to stop the run. You're going to get off the field on third down. It's things that Alabama hasn't really been doing this year. Um, Teams are running the ball fairly well against them. Uh, Missouri put up 19 points against them. A&M was able to move the ball. They obviously... Didn't have a great defense, so Alabama scored at will. Um, Ole Miss ran, moved it up and down. It was a shootout. It was what forty-two to forty-two going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't foresee that. That's not going to be what this Saturday no. is. That's not going <laughs> to well, be this. If it is, we're going to lose. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'll look closer to that. A&M. But seeing Ole Miss's offense move the ball so successfully against Alabama, elite puts some confidence into me. Um, I think we're going to have some success on offense this week. This week. Um, hopefully we start to finally put it all together, see a little bit of creativity, scheme some guys open, run the ball. Um. Yeah, it's important to note that although we haven't played an elite offense yet, mm-hmm. so that would be you know the thing that people would hold against our defense. Yeah. Alabama, who's been putting up all these points, they haven't played an elite defense yet. Ole yeah. Miss does not have a good defense. Missouri does not have a good defense. A&M does not have a great defense. Florida scored at will against them. So, you know, you can make the same claim against their team. So, this game is, you know, people are going to be coming in for our offense versus their uh, – or for their offense versus our defense. I agree. And it will be the first true test for both of those units so far in this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, When it comes down to it, whatever you've got left, I know it's only week four, but when you're playing a team like Alabama, if we've got anything that we haven't shown this year, any formations (laughs) – any packages, any plays, anything that we're holding up our sleeve, it's time to unleash it on Saturday. I agree with you. They haven't seen a defense like ours. We haven't seen an offense like theirs. But I I just go into this game with a confidence that we have a chance. Um, we've talked off the podcast. Uh, in 2018, when we were going into that SEC championship team game, they were just clicking thought, on all I thought we were going to get spanked. I thought we were going to lose by 30. Uh, they were destroying teams. We had looked sluggish all year. We kind of we kind of coasted into the playoff or the uh, SEC championship while they were on all cylinders, just absolutely obliterating teams. And we should have won the ball game. Um, I've said it. I just said it. I feel 150 times more confident about this Saturday than I did that game. I just I got a feeling that we're going to play them well, and it's going to be another classic Georgia-Alabama game. It's going to come down to the end, and I like the dogs' chances. I really do. With our defense, I think we're going to keep us in it no matter what they throw at us on offense. Um, so, I mean, what do you what do you think? What's what's your overall opinion? So, you know, if it wasn't Alabama, I feel like I would have a very confident like we're going to win this game, but it's. It's Alabama. It's mm-hmm. Saban. It's the yeah. big brother who keeps yeah. 
picking on his younger brother no at how, every single yeah, opportunity. No matter how close we play him until we, we finally get over the hump, they're still it's still Alabama. You know, typically I'm pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I mean, obviously I can see it going either way. I think Alabama's favored by six. Mm-hmm. But I just – I think this is the – I think this is when it finally happens. Uh, there's kind of been a kink in the armor, and I'm hoping that we capitalize. I think this is just the perfect opportunity. I can't, I can't see a better opportunity. Alabama is showing weakness, and right now we're like as look as dominant as we have under Kirby. Mm-hmm. And if it's not going to happen now, it's like, is it ever going to happen? Like, that's, those are going to be the type of thoughts that creep in if if we don't take care of it on on Saturday because it's like. You can only lose to a certain team so many times before you start, like, oh, no, I feel like that was the thing with Mark Rick. Like, it was like, yeah, he can beat all these other guys, but he can't beat Florida. It gets in your head. And so, like, if this keeps happening with Kirby, it's going to be like, he can beat all these other guys, but can he beat Alabama? And then, you know what the bad thing is? If we beat Alabama, it's like, now they're still Clemson. Like, yeah. <laughs> Clemson looks absolutely dominant. So I it's going to suck if, like, you know, if we do finally get that monkey off our back and then it's like Clemson's right there. And then, you know, with Trevor and their offense, their defense, both looking amazing this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think, you know, there's several keys to the game. I think if our defense can force two or more turnovers, I think we got it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, if I, I would make a bet based on that. If we get two turnovers – I think we or, or more we win the game. If we get less than that, we lose. Okay. So I think yeah. that I think that's the key. Yeah, my key to the game would just be. I mean, we've touched on it over and over again. Our defense is amazing, but it's it's been our offense. What can we do on offense to continue just developing and hitting on all cylinders? Do we have anything still up our sleeve? Do we have any plays? Do we have just that extra gear that we can just shift into on offense to finally put us as a complete team because I think we're, we're so close we're so so close I'll say this I mean you t- Najee's not running for no. over 205 touchdowns on us no like that no. <laughs> I would be utterly shocked yes I would shave my head if that happened <laughs> don't tell Brian I said that <laughs> <laughs> no I, I agree with you I don't think he's going to be running wild on us like he was on Ole Miss but it'll I, be Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This is the week we need to kick it into that final gear. I think it's the last thing that's holding us back from being just a truly great team. My key to the game would be 30 points. I think if we get to 30, I don't see Alabama scoring 30 on us. I don't see anybody in our schedule scoring 30 points on our defense. 30 points, to me, is the key. If we get anything above that, I think we We walk out of Tuscaloosa with a win. So having... Talked about our keys for the game, how we feel about it. We've broken it down. We've looked at the storylines. How do you think? I think I know from your key and the way you talked. How do you see Saturday's game playing out? Very hesitantly, I'm going to say, you know, like I said, I'm to, I don't know. If, maybe I'm just having a good week at work or something. But <laughs> typically, I'm a lot more pessimistic. I would, uh, even against bad opponents, I would uh, find a reason for uh, uh, in my head for us to have an opportunity to lose the game. But I think we force those two turnovers that I'm talking about, and I, I think we end up edging out a close one. And you know, it's going to depend on a couple of things. It's like, do they continue to double George like these other teams have? And then, like, allow the rest of our offense to take that step up. 
do we utilize Stetson in the proper way, like uh, taking advantage of his mobility, which Alabama historically struggles with? Mm-hmm. Does our offensive line stay performing the way that they have? And mm-hmm. I mean, because there's not as many questions on on defense yeah. for us. It's like, what are we going to do on offense to ensure, like you said, like we got to pull out everything. We have to offset what they're going to be able to be able to do on offense so like i think you know those those would also be some things to look at like like i said do they double george like other teams have freeing out the rest of our uh our wide receivers and then do we roll out stetson and take advantage of his mobility yeah okay so i, th- I if i had to give an exact score i want to say uh 27 to actually you know what i want to say 28 to 27, Georgia. All right. Well, uh, hopefully not, because I do not want to have a heart attack if, on Saturday night. If it so. comes down to that, um, it's going to be another heart attack, just like the last two games are. Um, one can only hope that we're on the winning side of that, like you just predicted. Um, before we get to my pick, though, what I do want to do is, do we have any wild predictions for Saturday night? Is there anything that we just that we just would love to see happen, that we're going to just throw it out there. This is going to happen. I stand behind it. I mean, okay. for, for me, what I would say is we they know we're going to try to run the ball on them. We That's what we're devoted to. That's who we are as a team. Ole Miss ran it down their throat, so they know that, hey, they think what, they can come in here and throw, or run it on us. For me, I think we're going to come in with a game plan. I think this is finally going to be the week that – Kirby just lets Stetson rip it. He's going to be hitting Kiaris in the seams. He, I think he's going to hit a deep ball or two to George. Tight ends over the middle. Something that we haven't had in seven years. Orson Charles days. Um, I think Stetson is going to have 325 passing yards or up on Saturday. I think he is just going to let it rip. I think we're going to... Wait, is that what you actually think is going to happen? Or what you that's, hope that's, is that's, that's a wild prediction. Okay. Wild prediction. So you're wildly it's, it's, predicting. It's, it's, I'm wildly predicting, so reasonably predicting 325 yards. Uh, I think we're going to try to pick on Alabama's secondary. I think they have a few young guys back there at safety. Uh, you touched on it. We get some guys in motion. Maybe get those safeties confused. It's the first time they've played in a game of this magnitude. Uh, maybe Todd Munkin can use some motion like Ole Miss do, did to just get some safeties out of position. And I mean, Ole Miss has got athletes, but I think we our skill guys can. We definitely have athletes. Yeah. yeah. So that that would be my prediction. What, what would be yeah. your wild <laughs> statement? Try, try this on for size. That was amateur work. Oh gosh. So, twenty seventeen. Okay. National championship. Well, I guess actually played in in 2018. Yep. Dominate first half. Yep. Tua comes in in the second half. Yep. Wins the, wins in the game painfully. Okay. Yep. Next year SEC championship. We're we're winning the first half. Yep. Dominating against Tua. Looks injured. Unfortunately, we injure him more. He gets pulled out. Jalen comes in second half. Dominates. They win. Yep. I remember both of those. Yeah. Painful. Painful memories. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be so sweet, so sugary sweet, if first half we're losing, and then sure enough, number 18, JT Daniels, the moustache. Your boy, the moustache. Comes into the game, which probably won't happen because it seems like he's number three on the depth chart. Dwan Mathis will run out there on the field. But JT comes in. And 
leads us to a victory over Alabama. We pull the Bama on Bama. That'd be the best thing ever. That, that would be. So that's my wild prediction: is JT comes in, saves the day, keeps keeps it for. I mean, because obviously, you know, we got the floor, uh, like a high floor with Stetson. I don't think anybody would deny that our ceiling is possibly higher with JT. Yeah. Now our floor may be lower as well. Who knows? But <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible if it played out like that. It would. Uh... Honestly, I wish that would really happen. I'd have a big screen on my face. God, that would just make me so happy. Um, but going back to our predictions, this has been a game. Um, if you listened to our early episodes, it's a game I was extremely confident in back in March before COVID. I predicted that we were going to beat them by double digits in Tuscaloosa. I thought I was. I knew we were going to have a great team. I knew we were going to have an amazing defense. I thought our offense was going to be a work in progress, but we were playing them in week four or five by the point of the season um, back in the original schedule. So I think we were going to finally put it together by the time we played them. So I've went back and forth with my prediction. I've gone anywhere from Georgia winning to Alabama winning, which I think we were talking off camera. I, I thought this morning just, I mean, it's it's completely a flip of script. You're always the pessimist. I'm the optimist. I'm the one that thinks, hey, Georgia's going to win every game we play. For this week, um, I've gone back and forth, and honestly, I'm going to switch it again. I like what you said. I like <laughs> I like every point that you've made. I love our defense. Alabama hasn't played a defense like we've got yet. This is the first. I mean, Mac Jones hasn't played a defense like we've got since he took over the starter. He played Auburn last year, and they had an amazing defense. But I think our defense is at an, even another level than what they were at last year. Um, this is going to be the first time he's ever, I mean, ever really had a real challenge since he took over at the quarterback job at Bama. I think our offense is going to do enough. I think we're, we are going to find that next gear. I don't think Stetson's going to throw for 325 realistically. I think it's going to continue to be in somewhere in that 250 range where he's been living at. I think we're going to be able to run the ball. I think Zeus has a game, good game. I think Kenny has a good game. I think our stable of backs, just keeping guys fresh, will be enough to keep Alabama. It's awesome to see you change your mind here just like <laughs> mid-episode. <laughs> for me, I'm going to predict, predict that the dogs finally get over the hump. We finally prove to everyone that we're equals. It's not Alabama and everybody else. It's Georgia and Alabama. We're on the same pedestal. And, and Clemson. Yeah. I think Georgia wins on Saturday night. I think it's another close game. I honestly think I could see us maybe getting a lead. I could see them getting a lead. But I think uh, contrary to the past two times, we keep touching on it, Contrary to the past two times, I think we finally make the one play that's been missing the last two times and close it out with a late touchdown. I'm going to predict the Dogs win on Saturday, 34 to 24. I like. I I said 30 points will do it. Anything 30 and up, I think we get the win because I don't think they're scoring that on us. That's that's what I think right now. Yeah, what a surprise. We're a biased Georgia podcast. We both picked Georgia to win this week. I'll probably flip back and forth and think Alabama's going to win on Saturday morning. I mean, this is one of those games that could go either way. It's a huge game. I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. (coughs) 
I think the dogs are finally going to have enough to get over the house. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're in agreement there. So let's get into our picks for this week. Uh, do a quick recap. So two weeks ago, you went three and four. Mm-hmm. I went four and three. Uh, last week, we did not have uh, as good of a week, or you had the same week, uh, and I unfortunately went down to your level. Uh, we both went <laughs> three and four last week. Uh, let's see. So you had said that Tennessee would cover, and I said that they would not. So I got that one wrong. Uh, we both missed the Florida and A&M. We both thought Florida would cover their six-and-a-half-point spread. Hey, but that's what we ain't going to be mad about. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Anytime I love that. Florida loses is a good day in my book. No, hey, yeah, I mean, that's, that's – I'll what. eat a loss against the spread for that. So, and then uh, LSU versus Missouri. We both said LSU would cover. Missouri Woo. went outright. South Carolina at Vandy. I said South Carolina would cover. You said – they would not. Uh, so I got that one right. You did not. Uh, we both said that Auburn would not cover against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Auburn, in fact, should not have even won against Arkansas. And then uh, we both got Alabama right because we just said that Ole Miss would score uh, points galore against them, and we did think that they would win them. And then uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky, we both thought that uh, Kentucky – would uh, not cover, and they won by, what, 22 points? Yeah. uh, And they were favored by two. So, uh, overall, not a great week for us against the spread, (laughs) but at least we're just not picking games outright because that would be boring. Yeah. But we still maybe wouldn't even have had a great week (laughs) with that, with the A&M and the Missouri and the uh, Kentucky games. So, for this week, uh, the lineup is Georgia-Alabama. Uh, this is just in the SEC. Uh, Kentucky at Tennessee, Auburn at South Carolina, Ole Miss at Arkansas, A&M at Mississippi State, LSU at Florida. So uh, we've made our picks for Georgia at Alabama. Alabama is favored by six. We both think Georgia is going to win outright. Again, surprise there. And uh, so we're both saying that Alabama will not cover the spread. Next game, Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by five and a half. What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's, it's a Tennessee cover. Um, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Kentucky. They're going to get back to what they want to do, and they'll beat Kentucky by more than six. I'm going to say – I'm going to lean the other way, and I'm going to say that they don't. Uh, I feel like games like they had against us last Saturday can kind of take uh, some momentum away from a program, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to bank on it doing that. And I'm going to say not only does Tennessee not cover, that Kentucky wins outright. Colton Cooper. Hope you're listening. Uh, next game, Auburn at South Carolina. Auburn's favored by three. What you thinking on that one? Uh, you, I think you're right that Auburn should have lost to Arkansas. That was a fumble. Um, Arkansas should have gotten the ball back and won. Uh, but I do think uh, Auburn is better than South Carolina. Um, South Carolina's been hit or miss all year. I think Auburn will cover and win by more than three on Saturday against Carolina. And I agree. Uh, I think I think Arkansas is a better team than South Carolina. So at the, at this point, I mean, it, it's uh, appeared that way. So mm-hmm. uh, for that reason, I'm going to say that also, uh, that Auburn uh, also covers against South Carolina. Uh, next game, we got Ole Miss at Arkansas. Uh, Ole Miss just coming off of uh, a really impressive offensive display. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, like we said, a very impressive game against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I think Ole Miss continues the hot hand at offense. Um, I think they're going to win the game outright, and I think they're going to do it by more than three. 
I think the lane train has some momentum rolling in Oxford, and uh, I think they'll beat Arkansas. You know, I guess I'm just feeling uh, contrarian this week, but... You're saying Pittman go. Yeah. Can't, uh, yeah. can't hate on it. Uh, well, and I feel like the lane train is very s- similar to the Mike Leach roller coaster. Uh, <laughs> so, I want to say... So, Ole Miss is favored by three. I'm going to say that not only does Arkansas uh, cover that, but they actually pull out another straight win. So, Okay. Next game, A&M at uh, Mississippi State. A&M's favored by six and a half. What you thinking? Uh, I think I don't know what you're going to get from Mississippi State. Um, I think Keller Mond played his best game of the season last week against Florida. Probably best game of his career. Yeah, so I'm going to – Hope, I'm going to say he continues that trend, um, and I think A&M's going to win. I think A&M's going to get back on the right track. They're trending in the right direction. I'm telling you something. I'm just all out of whack this week. Typically, I, I play things safe. Typically, pick against Georgia. I'm going to also, once again, I'm going to say not only does A&M not cover, but that Mississippi State's going to win outright. Like I said, it's a Mike Leach roller coaster. I think we're going over a big hill on this one. So. <laughs> Mississippi State gets back on uh, their offensive uh, just train that they were on. Uh, Costello has a good game. So, next game, last game, LSU at Florida. Florida's favored by 12. What you thinking? 12's a lot. I know uh, neither team can stop anybody, um, and it is because of that that I think that LSU will cover the spread I think Florida will probably win outright because their defense, I think, is just a little bit better than LSU's. They'll probably get one stop, maybe force a turnover. That'll ultimately be the deciding factor. But I don't think they're going to beat LSU by 12. LSU still got a really good, really good offense, and Florida can't stop anybody. So I'm going to uh, disagree with you again. Uh, I'm going to say that Florida Florida wins, but I and I'm going to say that they do it by uh, multiple touchdowns. Uh, I think they're going to have a bounce back performance this week. LSU has not looked good against several of the teams that they've played, uh, so I'm kind of contradicting myself. Like I said, uh, uh, the Tennessee game, um, I think that that could maybe be uh, a game that takes a lot of momentum out of their season. Florida seems like the type of program. Just you know, they have a track record of the past couple of seasons of being a top program. I think this is going to be a bounce-back win for them. I think they're probably going to score 40-plus 40, 40 in this mm-hmm. game, I mean, yeah. which would, wouldn't be a surprise. It's what they've done all season. So. Yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up for another episode of Between the Mics. Um, obviously, it's a big one on Saturday. We're both looking forward to it. We're both obviously feeling pretty good about it, um, better than we have in years past. So I can't wait to tee it up in Bryant Denny on Saturday night and just let the cards fall where they may. So. Thank you guys, all for those of you who have listened. Um, we've appreciated the feedback from those of you who have provided it. Um, it's very much appreciated. Yeah, please uh, download, uh, follow, subscribe on Spotify. I mean, if you like it, help help share it. I mean, we, we want to continue getting the word out. Um, we're pretty limited, on both of us, on the amount of followers and amount of word we can get out. So, I mean, if you like it. Give us a shout-out on Twitter. Give us a shout-out on Instagram. Post it wherever you may. Um, we'd really appreciate it. However, positive news is... Yeah, if you have negative feedback, uh, actually, you don't have to share that. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> only good stuff. Good vibes only. But, as always, thank you guys for listening, and go dogs. <laughs>